atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for July the 17th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, what are the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips? As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. And uh, Kirk Crosby's not with me again today. He will be tomorrow, though. He's just uh, out on a family reunion. They went to a place where there's no connectivity. Normally, even when Kurt's on vacation, he jumps on uh, the broadcast with us. But uh, a couple of days off due to connectivity. And, of course, he'll be back tomorrow. But understand that Kurt Crosby is your local honeyman. Localhoneyman.com. If you want incredible raw honey delivered directly to your door, localhoneyman.com. Or you can email him. Kurt, C-U-R-T, at LibertyRoundTable.com, or you can dial 801-669-2211, and, uh, you know, starting tomorrow, he'll be back in business, uh, back doing what he does best, so anyway, we'll look forward to Kurt then. All right, a quick recap of yesterday's broadcast, man, it was a lot of hard-hitting talk, I'll tell you that right now, we started out yesterday talking about the military warns ready to protect the U.S. and its assets. You say, why is that, Sam? Well, a crowd of UFO fans are seeking to raid Area 51 in Nevada. And I guess there's a million people that are talking about it on Facebook and other places. And, um, you know, guys like me would just say to even think of such an idea is idiotic. Do not do it. This is the kind of thing where you'd have to say, do not try this at home. I, in no uncertain terms, cannot be more direct in my uh, rejection of such an idea. Uh, And the sad part is some of the leaders who put the idea together are now saying, come on, it was just a joke. Um, Others are now making jokes saying, hey, rather than break into the uh, Area 51 area, why don't we just go there, dress up as aliens? And then all that, you know, would happen is that the Area 51 military personnel would invite us in. (laughs) Anyway, there's a lot of jokes surrounding it, but the the military wants you to really understand. This is not something to joke about, and this is not something that you break into. If you do, uh, they will defend, and they will stop you. And, uh, you know, some are joking, saying this would be target practice for the military. And, you know, I don't want to weigh in on any side of this thing, uh, except to say I understand the frustration of the lack of trust in government. Okay, I get that part. Uh, But I also get there are some legitimate classified things in government just because they use classified many times wrongly to cover up things they ought not. That doesn't mean there's not a legitimate classified uh, area in government. Some of the military capabilities and uh, some of the technology that we have, I get it. And and believe it or not, I support the proper role of limited constitutional government. And for the most part, I support transparency. But there are times where I do believe in classifying some things. I don't think it ought to be misused, and I think it's misused way too often these days. But I do believe that that this, you know, there are some legitimacies here. And I do know this. The government will defend that area. 
and to go there and to try to break in or to breach the um, whatever area is very, very, very foolish. I, in no uncertain terms, condemn such action. Do not do it. Uh, it'll be disaster. I get the jokes. I get the fun. I understand. I also know that this is something you ought not play with. And when a million people say they're going to do something, the sad part is there might be some leaders there that are jokesters. Uh, there might be some people that, you know, would never do it, but they, they think it's pretty funny. Uh, and to some degree, I think it is a little bit funny as long as no one takes it seriously. Um, I do get the frustration, but I also know that there are people who will try these things. Um, you know, it's kind of like the cap copycats when something bad happens in the news or something bad happens in society and the news, they publish it. And then bad actors seem to want to be copycats, right? I don't want any copycats or any contingent to take this seriously and to really move forward with such plans because I'm telling you it is foolhardy to say the least you will probably wind up dead if you push on that and I pray no one is is foolish enough to do that however in a companion idea if we're gonna <clears throat> joke but yet border on serious I don't believe that there is a um legitimacy to needing to know everything that's in area 51. I don't believe in that kind of transparency. Okay. At the same time, I will say this. I have wanted to know uh, if the gold is in Fort Knox for quite some time. And they say Fort Knox holds more than 147 million ounces of gold. We need a crowd of a million patriots that are willing to find out if we're going to, you know, joke here, right? Um, do you want to know what's in Area 51 and, and see if there's aliens or high-tech military aircraft or whatever? Or would you rather know if there's gold in Fort Knox? See, I'd, I'd rather find out if there's really gold in Fort Knox as we're promised. Now, let's be very clear. That doesn't mean that I'm going to try to break in to find out. I would wish we would have enough transparency in government where Donald Trump might say, you know what, it's a good idea. Let's find out. And I would like to peacefully know those answers. That doesn't mean that I'd ever do anything radical. Let's be very clear. But it does mean, you know, while we're trying to find out things, that's something that I think patriots should want to know. We had Brian Rust. RustCreditGift.com is our guest yesterday. We talked about our Honest Money Report. We talked about gold and silver holding their own. But we also talked about the fact is the United States uses our fake dollar as a worldwide weapon, a foreign policy weapon. Uh, we talked about flushing drugs could create meth gators more than the Tennessee cops. But I say fake money, fiat currency, the dollar not backed by gold and silver is almost like gators on meth in the economy. We also talked about the gold to silver ratio spikes to the highest level in 27 years. It's over 91 to 1. I mean, it is out of control. Normally, folks, there's a 15 or a 16 to 1 ratio. We talked about going back to the gold standard could crush. The U.S. economy says Wells Fargo, they are crazy. Now, I agree if we go back to it too fast, it could be problems. Uh, you know, I'm not a crash the plane guy. I don't really believe uh, in Social Security, the system, right? But I do believe in keeping promises to Americans. We'll talk about that a little bit next hour, by the way, <clears throat> more in detail. How do you keep your promises? How do you preserve the system? How do you stabilize Americans? And how do you, um, you know, work through this in a meaningful way? How much trouble are gold stocks in, people are asking. You know what? That's gold futures. Big trouble. Because if everybody demands possession of their gold, there's no more futures about it. They better be able to deliver. The problem is in the gold stocks and silver stocks and the commodities metal trading futures market, they got a massive disparity in what's deliverable versus what they've, quote, sold out there on futures.
We talked about the Billionaires Club is thirsty for gold, and here's why, says Kitco. And it's a big, long um, discussion about gold is the most stable, safe harbor, if you will. And the Billionaire Club, the billionaire people realize it. So not only are billionaires fleeing towards gold and taking possession, by the way, of the metal, countries are doing the same thing because they know. That's where the safe haven is. They know that gold is the greatest stable metal on the planet. Uh, I personally believe a hedge, a combination between gold and silver, is a better plan, a bimetal plan, if you will. Um, But nevertheless, they're they're realizing that. And so billionaires are scrambling for gold. Countries are scrambling for gold right now because they know, hey, when when things get rough, people gravitate towards intrinsic value metals. Every time. That was one hour with Brian Rust, RustCoinandGift.com, doing a phenomenal job weekly on your radio. You want a friend in the coin business? Rust Coins and Gifts is your answer. All right, hour two, we talked about Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, I believe, playing the people of the United States for suckers. You say, why do you say that, Sam? Come on, that's a pretty bold indictment against the Donald. Yes, it is. But Dennis Prager uh, yesterday was testifying on Capitol Hill before the Senate, the U.S. Senate, on the critical subject of what they call big tech censorship. So Ted Cruz wants you to believe it. Donald Trump wants you to believe that, hey, big tech has just kind of gotten above the people. I was never intended that way. We might need to work on uh, monopoly discussions. We got to stop them and back down big tech. And well, they're not really telling you the whole story is the problem. Either they're ignorant of the story which I don't think is possible, or they're not telling you the whole story. Well, we broke out and told you the whole story. So while Donald's having a social media summit, trying to get with all the people and go, hey, the new media is where it's at. You know, these bad actors have got to be stopped. We got to have, you know, live laws to stop them. We got to, we got to, we got to. Oh, the, the mainstream press is enemy number, numero uno kind of a thing and all this stuff. It isn't true. It is true that the media is the enemy. It is true that big tech has become the enemy. There's no question about that. But who is big tech and who are the media? The answer is their government, folks. They're backed by, funded by government. You don't believe me, huh? Well, government secretly funded Silicon Valley and the tech world. World, Worldaffairsbrief.com from our buddy Joel Skousen knocks this out of the park in his write-up. Last week's worldaffairsbrief.com asked for a free crop copy. I'm telling you right now, government secretly funded Silicon Valley and the tech world. Now, in Joel Skousen's article, not only is his write-up incredible, but he points to the James Corbett report. And James Corbett of the Corbett report has produced an excellent documentary on how the deep state has used secret government funds... Yeah, to finance high-tech development in computers, the Internet, in order to create and build the most sophisticated surveillance power in the world. This isn't by accident. Is Donald and Ted Cruz going to tell you the whole story? Or are they going to leave that to yours truly on Liberty Roundtable Live? Attention Liberty News Radio listeners. 
Hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before. News the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the Liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. Or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's libertynewsradio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. So I believe Donald Trump and Ted Cruz are playing the American people for suckers. Last week, Donald Trump had a big old, you know, media summit. Invited a lot of the new media and the alternative media there. Today, the mainstream press is out to lunch. You guys are the real deal. Hey, this tyrannical government, um, you know, and this this tyrannical, uh, you know, new media people, Facebook, Google, all these uh, high-tech groups. They're really, 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 really bad. They're enemy number one. Ted Cruz then having a big old event. Um... Dennis Prager testifying before the Senate committee yesterday and all this kind of stuff. But the truth is they're not telling you the story. Government secretly funded Silicon Valley in the tech world. Worldaffairsbrief.com. James Corbett of the Corbett Report has produced an excellent document documentary on how the deep state has used secret government funds to finance high-tech development in computers, the Internet, networking, search engines, and social media tracking in order to build the most sophisticated surveillance power in the world. Do you got it? Government's done that. Okay, so when Donald um, in the uh, you know executive branch and when Ted Cruz in the Senate branch, you know, the Democrats in the House are all out to lunch just telling you everybody's a racist. But in these other two branches, you've got the government basically saying, hey, big tech is the bad guy. We've got to rein in and stop big tech. But understand, government built big tech, folks. President Trump, for example, can't be ignorant of this. He says 5G is a race we will win. Well, 5G is the next step in the surveillance state big time. For example, you want a simple explanation of the Internet of Things? Yeah, the Internet of Things, right? What's the Internet of Things? 
IoT, right? The Internet of Things. What is it? The Internet of Things is this. It's the new role for the future, if you will. Anything that can be connected will be connected. You got that? Anything that can be connected will be connected. They are creating a mass surveillance system. It's all backed by the government through the United States military. And they have literally, in my opinion, hidden their tracks well. They've done it through a series of government companies, uh, private companies, um, universities. uh, It goes on and on and on. Well, we played the background to this James Corbett report yesterday it's 47 plus minutes long so it's hard for me to play the whole thing but i and i rarely play things like that on the radio you know i don't like to read you things and i don't like just to play you other people's stuff on occasion it's justifiable though and this is an example where it is so i'm going to play more of this corbett report we talked about the background in the 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s how government through the military through the cia through the nsa through these secret government agencies through the Pentagon, funded and created Silicon Valley, built the high-tech world. Almost every company that you deal with that's massive in America today that's high-tech was funded by, and I can't even find an exception, by the way, funded by and guided by secret agreements and government, in other words, our taxpayer funding. And they have built the greatest surveillance state the world has ever known. Okay, and that's why I say Donald and and Ted Cruz are disingenuous. If they're going to have these media summits and these testify before Congress like they're going to stop it or get to the bottom of it or or that they can rein in big tech, they built big tech, folks. You can't rein it in. Are they really ignorant of this? Can I know about all this? Can James Corbett and Joel Skousen and all of us do the digging and report it to you and know about all of it and Donald doesn't know and Ted doesn't know? Is that possible? I don't think so. And if it is possible, they're so ignorant, they ought not be the world's leaders. I'll tell you that right now. Anyway, this corporate report continues. So we, we documented the background that government funding got us where we are today. Well, they had a program, um, this big old life thing where they're going to uh, record your whole life, right? Well, they scrapped that project because they knew the people would never swallow it, never accept it. But at the same day that project was scrapped, they launched a new project, Listen Carefully. The cancellation of LifeLog was reported by Wired.com on February 4, 2004. That very same day, a Harvard undergrad named Mark Zuckerberg officially launched TheFacebook.com, the first incarnation of Facebook, which collects vast amounts of data on its users, offering them the promise of a powerful automated multimedia diary and scrapbook, but as has become more and more evident in recent years, using and selling that data for ulterior motives. But it is not just this interesting coincidence that connects Facebook to DARPA. Once again, the money that helped the Facebook go from a Harvard student project to a multi-billion user internet giant involved a relocation to Silicon Valley and copious injections of venture capital from intelligence-connected insiders. Facebook moved to Palo Alto, California in 2004 and received its first investment of $500,000 from Peter Thiel, co-founder of PayPal. But the real money and the real interest in Facebook arrived in 2005 in the form of a $12.7 million investment from Excel Partners and an additional $1 million from Excel's Jim Brayer. Brayer, it turns out, had some interesting connections of his own. 
first venture capital money totaled at $500,000 came to the Facebook from venture capitalist Peter Thiel, founder and former CEO of PayPal. He also serves on the board of radical conservative group Vanguard PAC. Further funding came in the form of $12.7 million from venture capital firm Excel Partners. Excel's manager, James Breyer, was former chair of the National Venture Capital Association. Breyer served in National Venture Capital Association's board with Gilman Louie, CEO of InQtel, a venture capital firm established by the Central Intelligence Agency in 1999. This firm works in various aspects of information technology and intelligence, including most notably, nurturing data mining technologies. Breyer has also served on the board of BBN Technologies, a research and development firm known for spearheading the ARPANET, or what we know today as the Internet. In October of 2004, Dr. Anita Jones climbed on board BBN, along with Gilman Louie. But what is most interesting is Dr. Jones' experience prior to joining BBN. Jones herself served on the board of directors for InQtel, and was previously the director of defense research and engineering for the U.S. Department of Defense. Her responsibilities included serving as an advisor to the Secretary of Defense and overseeing the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. This goes farther than just the initial appearances. DARPA shot to national fame in 2002 when knowledge of the existence of the Information Awareness Office came to light. The IAO stated its mission was to gather as much information as possible about everyone in a centralized location for easy perusal by the United States government, including though not limited to Internet activity, credit card purchase history, airline ticket purchases, car rentals, medical records, educational transcripts, driver's licenses, utility bills, tax returns, and any other available data. Do you see how critical that point is, ladies and gentlemen? Do you understand that? So if Donald doesn't know about it, if Ted Cruz, the, uh, so you got one key senator, uh, you got uh, the president of the United States, if they don't know this is going on, then you know what? Shame on them. There's all these apparatus. Look, this is tied to the DOD. This is tied directly to the military. Uh, this is tied to a company called InQtel, backed by and funded by the NSA and the CIA. Uh, this is backed uh, by money from the Pentagon. And if Donald doesn't know this, it's beyond imagination. He sh if he doesn't know this, he shouldn't be holding media summits praising the media that's alternative. What he should be doing is listening to the alternative media to get caught up so that he can back in and ask real questions. I mean, if anybody's got a security clearance to get the answers, it would be the commander-in-chief of the free world, right? Okay, if Donald does know about this, though, why aren't we talking about this at the media summit? Uh, and why aren't we talking about this in relation to high tech? The government built high tech, folks. Even this... Life log when it got closed the same day, Mark Zuckerberg cranks up his thing, somehow magically moves to Silicon Valley, gets funding from a big high tech guy, and then funding from government. It all ties back to InQtel, this government agency. Well, no, InQtel is a private corporation, folks, tied to a government agency called the CIA. See, the the web they weave is strange, but is it possible that Donald doesn't know about this? See, I don't think so. It should come as no surprise, then, that the ex-director of DARPA, Regina Dugan, was hired by Google in 2012 to head its Advanced Technology and Projects Group, and that she was then hired by Facebook in 2016 to head their Building 8 Research Group. Focused so what you got now is you got these people getting hired that have a mixture of who knows what. I mean, is that a government person? Is that a private company person? Who is this lady, Right focusing on experimental technologies like brain sensors and artificial intelligence. 
Nor is it a surprise to learn that DARPA is already working to weaponize Facebook's Oculus virtual reality technology for fighting cyber war. Nor is it a surprise that Facebook seed money investor Peter Thiel, co-founder of PayPal, developed Palantir, a data mining and analysis tool used by the NSA, FBI, CIA, and other intelligence, counterterrorism, and military agencies. Did you hear me? Did you hear that? Now they're telling you that the guy that created PayPal is the guy that's creating this other surveillance technologies. He's all in bed with the government and the funding and the finance. And now Facebook has been weaponized, and, and now they want to create a what? Cryptocurrency? <laughs> a cryptocurrency backed by the PayPal guys in bed with the CIA and InQtel and the government and the universities? This is a cabal. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. After the U.S. House passed a resolution of condemnation of President Trump's recent tweets concerning four Democratic minority women in Congress, Democrats were able to kill a Republican challenge to something the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said on the House floor shortly before the vote, in which she accused the president of being racist. These comments from the White House are disgraceful and disgusting, and these comments are racist. Republicans had said her remarks violated the rules of decorum in the House. This morning, the president's son, Eric Trump, says he agrees with his father's message when it comes to the four congresswomen. We are blessed to live in this country, and if you're not happy about it, I like his message. Leave. He spoke on Fox. Mexican drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman's to be sentenced in a federal courtroom today. And this is USA Radio News. This report is brought to you by Crescent Tools. Most toolboxes contain a crescent wrench, which tradesmen and DIYers have trusted for more than a century. But what many call a crescent wrench isn't always the real deal. The reason? True crescent wrenches are made by Crescent Tools, which started producing the adjustable wrench in 1907. However, few realize that Crescent is the brand, not the tool. Nor do they understand that Crescent makes more than just wrenches. Brendan Walsh, Director of Product Management at Crescent Tools. What a person thinks is a crescent wrench may just be an adjustable wrench, and there's a difference. We've innovated the Crescent Wrench to meet the needs of today's tool user and have expanded to offer a solid crew of tools in addition to wrenches. While wrenches are their signature products, Crescent manufactures 2,800 tools including files, snips, storage cabinets, and measuring tapes. Establishing Crescent Tools is one of the most respected professional hand tool brands in the world. So, the next time you reach near a toolbox, check to see if it's actually a Crescent Wrench or an imposter. For more information, visit www.crescenttool.com. A social media giant is still trying to work out details of a bold new plan for money. USA Radio's Wendy King has more. A Facebook executive has defended the social network's plan to create a digital currency. Stephen Marcus told the Senate Banking Committee that the Libra project is still in the planning stages. We will take the time to get this right. We expect the review of Libra to be among the most extensive ever. We are fully committed to working with regulators here and around the world, 
And let me be clear and unambiguous. Facebook will not offer the Libra digital currency until we have fully addressed regulators concerned and received appropriate approvals. Two nonprofit immigration groups are suing the Trump administration over its new restriction on migrants seeking asylum. The White House now saying anyone who passes through another country before reaching the United States border will be ineligible for asylum in the U.S. Find us online at usaradio.com. So it's fascinating, right? While Donald is holding a multimedia summit and telling you that, hey, man, this cryptocurrency by Facebook is bogus. While Donald's telling you that, while Ted Cruz is having a Senate hearing and, you know, folks like Dennis Prager and others are testifying in that committee about how big tech is so evil and dangerous and scary. Turns out no one's telling you what I'm telling you on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. The government secretly funded Silicon Valley Tech World, folks. Worldaffairsbrief.com. James Corbett of the Corbett Report has produced an excellent documentary on how the deep state has used secret government funds to finance high-tech development in computers, the Internet, networking, search engines, and social media tracking. Why? In order to build the most sophisticated surveillance power in the world, 5G is a race we will win, says the Donald. And what's interesting is now Facebook saying we're not going to roll out this Libra, this currency, until it's ready to go. Donald railing against the currency. Is Donald really that out of touch, folks? Or is this the Hegelian dialectic where Donald's against it and Congress is for it and who knows who, but eventually it gets shoved down our throats? I think they're playing us for suckers. Now listen to this report. It continues here. From PayPal's own fraud detection algorithm. Or that InQtel was one of the first outside investors in the Palantir technology, which has gained notoriety in recent years for using war on terror tools to track American citizens. Nor is it a surprise to learn that Eric Schmidt, the former CEO of Google and current technical advisor to Google parent company Alphabet, is now the chairman of the Pentagon's Defense Innovation Board, which seeks to bring the efficiency and vision of Silicon Valley to the Defense Department's high-tech innovation initiatives. So you've got a cabal at the highest order, and you've got all these people like the revolving door between media and government and whatever, government and academia and stuff like that. Now you've got big tech executives and Department of Defense executives and CIA executives or whatever you want to call them and universities is all running in the same circles to promote this agenda. Okay. And then Donald and, and Ted are out there like, Hey, high tech's really bad. Let's, let's, you know, have some meetings with the people about it and stop it. It's a lie folks, or they're absolutely ignorant of the truth. I don't know which the report continues. Nor is it surprising that Schmidt in addition to being a member of the elitist trilateral commission, is on the steering committee of the Bilderberg Group, a cabal of... Wow. So now we got the Bilderberg Group, the trilateral commission, high-tech universities, 
these large companies, the Pentagon, the Department of Defense, the CIA, the NSA. Okay, this is just so big and it gets bigger. Fall of financiers, industrialists, high-ranking public officials, military brass, and royalty that has been meeting annually in nearly total secrecy since 1954. Nor is it surprising that the Bilderberg Group now counts a number of Silicon Valley stalwarts among its ranks, from Schmidt and Thiel to Palantir CEO Alex Karp and former Electronic Frontiers Foundation chair Esther Dyson. Well, now you just heard the Electronic Frontier Foundation is part of it. And most people believe the Electronic Frontier Foundation is our friends to stop a lot of this, right? Oh, the web they weave. In fact, it would be more surprising to find a major Silicon Valley company that was not connected to the U.S. military or to the U.S. intelligence agencies one way or another. This is not an accident of history or a mere coincidence. The very origins of the Internet were in shadowy Pentagon programs for developing the perfect command and control technologies. From the earliest attempts to form electronic databases of information on counterinsurgents in Vietnam right through to today, this technology as Yasha Levine, author of Surveillance Valley, The Secret Military History of the Internet, explains, was intended to be used as a tool of warfare against target populations. Well, to be used as a tool of war well, warfare to be used against target populations. Now, do you believe that's not us? Okay. Well, to understand what the Internet is and what the Internet has become, you have to go back to the very beginning, uh, back to the 1960s when the Internet was being created by the Pentagon. Uh, back then, America was a relatively new global empire um, facing an increasingly chaotic and violent world. Uh, there was the Vietnam War that was central, but the U.S. was facing um, insurgencies all around the world, uh, from Latin America to, South to Southeast Asia. It was also facing an increasingly... Um, volatile and uh, violent uh, domestic environment. You had the uh, anti-war uh, movement. You had um, militant black activism. You had groups like the Weather, the weather Underground uh, that, that were blow, uh, setting out bombs uh, seemingly daily all, in cities all across the country. Um, you had race riots in major cities. Um, and America's paranoid generals looked at this, right? And they saw a vast communist conspiracy, of course. Uh, they saw the Soviet Union expanding globally, underwriting insurgencies all around the world, backing uh, countries that were opposed to America. At the same time, they were underwriting um, the opposition movements in America. Uh, and they saw this as a new kind of war that was happening. Uh, this, is not, this is not a war, this is not a traditional war that you could uh, fight with traditional weapons. This is not a war that you could uh, drop a nuke on. It was not a war that you could send a tank division into because the combatants um, did not wear uniforms and they did not march in formation. They were part of the civilian population of the conflicts that they were taking part in. So, so it was a new kind of war, a new kind of, an insurgency, a global insurgency. And in certain um, rarefied circles in the military, uh, people who were uh, um, familiar with the new, new kind of computer technology being developed. Uh, they believed that the only way to fight and win this new war was to develop um, new information weapons. Um, computer technology that could 
uh, ingest data on uh, people and political movements that could um, um, combine opinion surveys, economic data, criminal histories, um, um, draft histories, photographs, uh, telephone conversations intercepted by the security uh, services and put that all into uh, a d databases that could allow uh, analysts to um, perform sophisticated um, an analysis on it and, and run predictive surveys. The idea was you have to find out who the enemy is and isolate it from the general population and then take that enemy out. And at the time, some even dreamed of one day creating a uh, global system of management that could uh, watch the world in real time and intercept threats before they happened, in much the same way that America's early warning radar defense system did for hostile aircraft. This is the general background from, from which the internet emerged. Today, its counterinsurgency origins, the counterinsurgency origins of the internet, have been obscured. Uh, they've been lost, for the most part. Uh, very few histories uh, even even mention them, even mention it in, even in a little bit. Uh, but at the time that it was being created in the 1960s, the origins of the internet and the origins of this technology um, as a tool of surveillance and as a tool of control was very obvious to, the, to people back then. At the time, people did not see computers and computer networks as tools of liberation or, um, um, or, um, or utopian um, technologies. They saw them as tools of political and social control. And that specifically included the ARPANET, the network that would later grow into the Internet. So very serious, serious accusations, folks. And, you know, understand that technology is neither good nor bad, right? It's in the hands of those who, you know, have agendas that the issue is. And they want it to be a control mechanism. They want it to be weaponized, right? That's what we're talking about here. The Internet was never intended as a tool of liberation. It was, from its very inception, intended to be a tool for tracking, surveilling, and ultimately controlling a target population. And in the volatile environment of the 1960s, that target population quickly morphed from the Viet Cong counterinsurgents into the American public itself, and anyone else who could pose a threat to the Pentagon's ambitions at home or abroad. Seen in the light of this history, Recent developments on the internet make more sense. Silicon Valley did not spring out of the California soil by itself. It was carefully seeded there by the military and intelligence agencies that require this technology to fight the information warfare of the 21st century. The Department of Defense did not announce in 2003 that they were going to fight the net as if it were an enemy weapon system because they were afraid the internet could be weaponized by their enemies. They knew it was already a weapon because they themselves had weaponized it. Now that is serious, folks. Do you understand what that just pointed out? All right, so Donald and, and, and Ted Cruz are up there acting like they're going to meet with the people and stop big tech from being bad guys. While the government built it, if you study the history, and the government continues to fund it and weaponize it, folks, every single day, and they blame it on big tech.
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. And some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStreamLive is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Talk Right, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right. All the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. Talk Right makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download Talk Right today from Google Play or the App Store. So I'm convinced there's dishonesty going on. The headline I got for it, ladies and gentlemen. Trump and Cruz play the people for suckers continues what I'm calling it. Government secretly funded Silicon Valley Tech World, worldaffairsbrief.com, Joel Skousen and crew breaking it down. James Corbett of the Corbett Report has produced an excellent documentary on how the deep state has used secret government funds to finance high-tech development in computers, networks, the Internet, search engines, right? Uh, Big, massive tracking of new media or multimedia, social media. Their goal is to build the biggest surveillance power in the world. We are their target. So why I say it's disingenuous is while Donald and all those guys are holding these meetings with the public and letting people testify and acting like we got to stop big tech, government built big tech tech okay and with that in mind seen in the light of this history recent developments on the internet make more sense silicon valley did not spring out of the california soil by itself it was carefully seeded there by the military and intelligence agencies that require this technology to fight the information warfare of the 21st century the department of defense did not announce in 2003 that they were going to fight the net as if it were an enemy weapon system because they were afraid the internet could be weaponized by their enemies they knew it was already a weapon because they themselves had weaponized it 
the U.S. government is not afraid of the Russians and their ability to undermine American democracy by purchasing thousands of dollars of advertising on Facebook. They were the ones who envisioned a lifelog system to observe and control the population in the first place. The Pentagon does not fret about the security vulnerabilities of the Internet. It exploits those vulnerabilities to develop some of the most destructive cyber weapons yet unleashed, including the US-Israeli-developed Stuxnet. And, as the next generation of networking technologies threatens to add not just our Facebook data and our Google searches and our tweets and our purchases to the government's databases, but actually to connect every object in the world directly to those databases, the military is once again at the cutting edge of the next internet revolution. Internet of Things is penetrating an ever-widening swath of daily life and the global economy. Our good friends and uh, helpful proliferators of information at Wikipedia define the Internet of Things as the network of physical objects, things embedded with electronics, software, sensors, network connectivity, which enables these objects to collect and exchange data. Essentially, it allows objects to be sensed and controlled remotely, creating an integration between physical world and computer systems. Think smart grid, energy systems related to each other to maximize efficiency, and all tied to that objective. Internet of Things is transforming modern business, leveraging embedded sensors, connectivity, digital analytics, and the automation to deliver greater efficiency and effectiveness on a wide range of market fronts. The military has been a leader in developing many of the Internet of Things component technologies, but can do more to leverage the benefits of Internet of Things solutions. The broader national security establishment also faces unique challenges in adopting Internet of Things technologies ranging from security and mission assurance to infrastructure and cost constraints and cultural hurdles. Now in September, just a couple of months ago, the CSIS Strategic Technologies Program released a report leveraging the Internet of Things for a more efficient and effective military which outlines how the military can adopt lessons from the private sector to take advantage of these broader benefits of Internet of Things. From the earliest days of network computing, when the ARPANET was still just a twinkle in its engineers' eyes and famed ARPA computer scientist J.C.R. Licklider was writing memos to his colleagues in Palo Alto updating them on his vision for an intergalactic computer network, to today, when DARPA scientists are plotting military uses for the Internet of Things. The technology underpinning the U.S. government's plan for full-spectrum dominance of the cyber world has advanced by leaps and bounds. But the vision itself remains the same. In this vision, every person is tracked, their conversations recorded, their purchases monitored, their social networks mapped, their habits studied, and, ultimately, their behaviors predicted so that the Pentagon and the spies of Silicon Valley can better control the human population. And with the advent of technologies that ensure that every item we own will be spying on us and broadcasting that data through networks that are compromised by the intelligence agencies, that vision is closer than ever to a reality. 
And there, helping that vision to come to reality, are the giants of big tech who were founded, funded, aided, and, when needed, compromised by the spooks, spies, and soldiers who desire complete control over the cyber world. Wow. This is the secret of Silicon Valley. In a key sense, the big tech giants are the Pentagon and the intelligence community. The DOD and the intelligence agencies are the big tech giants. It was this way from the very dawn of modern computing, and it remains this way today. We should not be surprised that the world of the internet, the world bequeathed to us by the ARPANET, is increasingly looking like an always-on surveillance device. That was what it was intended to be. Yet the public, blissfully unaware of this reality, or willfully ignorant of it, continues to record their every move in their Facebook life log, flock like birds of a feather to ask their most intimate questions of Google, and feed their personal data into the gaping maw of the prism beast. It may be too late to pull back from the brink of this always-on, always-surveilled, wireless-networked precipice. But until we look squarely at the facts showing that big tech is a front for the U.S. government, we will never hope to escape the silicon trap that they have laid for us. All right, let's let's rewind that, because I think that's the critical point is why I say that Donald and Ted Cruz are playing us for suckers. We're not talking about these facts at all. And does Donald and Ted Cruz know them? I think they have to, folks. Listen. Networked precipice. But until we look squarely at the facts showing that big tech is a front for the U.S. government, we will never hope to escape the silicon trap that they have laid for us. The Corbett Report is brought to you by The Corbett Report subscriber. A weekly newsletter featuring James Corbett's International Forecaster Editorial, recommended reading and viewing, discounts on Corbett Report DVDs, and once a month, a subscriber-only video. Sign up today to start receiving your copy at corbettreport.com slash support. All right. The reason I played the Corbett Report uh, little commercial at the end. I have a concern. Uh, does that mean that? Because I wanted to highlight James Corbett. Great work. And I don't want to steal the work or, or pretend it's my own or anything like that. Joel Skousen and James Corbett get tremendous credit for the reporting we've done. Second hour yesterday and first hour today. Does that mean that if I'm in a pub in Ireland, somebody can, uh, wife or someone can find me easily with push and talk? You got it. Oh, okay. Well, that can't, might not can't be run away and hide things. now. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it this stuff is scary folks this stuff is real um the history the documentation is too great when you go look up in when you go look up the cia and you go look up the internet of things and you go look up how the internet was started and this stuff is well too documented to be ignored you can say, oh, Sam, all the documents you point to are accurate, but you're, you're assuming the worst. You're connecting dots that ought need or need not be connected. You um, are kind of taking this out of context, Sam. No, I'm not. Because we say big tech is the bad guys. We say Facebook's kind of out of control. Mark Zuckerberg didn't care for your data well enough. You know, Google kind of ran off the rails there. They're a little too aggressive. Got to rein them in. They're a monopoly. But the government built all these companies, ladies and gentlemen. 
from Twitter to Facebook to Google to Instagram to I can continue, right? And we act like now we got this big narrative that the Russians are taking advantage of these poor tech titans, these poor tech guys that are super rich. Golly, they built something nice. Mark Zuckerberg was just a good guy trying to let his classmates hang out and find a way to find girls. And, and that got somehow turned into this global phenomena that now the Russians are exploiting. While they paint that lie narrative to you, and while Donald tells you the big media is your enemy, and and and, and a big tech needs to be stopped, Ted Cruz and, and, and crew, and, and, and they're all telling you this, but the truth is the government built all this. It wouldn't exist if it wasn't for government. At least it wouldn't exist like it does now. Okay, it was a massive control system built, the infrastructure by government. Then they reached out and they got involved with these private companies to build the rest. So for the device Alexa that's listening to me right now, to uh, any device you have, okay, we're being spied on and monitored at every turn. Do you think this was an accident? Do you think it's just Google's agenda? Or do you think Google and Facebook and all these companies, they have to do this because that's where their funding and directive comes from. Whenever you take money, big money from somebody, now little teeny bits of money probably don't matter, but when you take big money from somebody, you will obey the money giver or you won't play ball. And at some point you give up your sovereignty, you give up your independence when you take the cash. These big companies have taken the cash. They wouldn't be what they are today without it. Okay, and that's what makes it very fascinating about Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, for example, this little girl that's a bartender, and I'm not being rude to her, but she's a nobody. Uh, you know, from a, a child of God point of view, she's as important as everybody else. But I'm talking about on the world stage, right? She gets turned into a worldwide phenomenon. She becomes a U.S. congresswoman. She's now one of the most powerful people in the country via the new media the government built. And now Donald has a massive following on this Twitter and AOC has a massive following on Twitter and now they're supposedly battling it out they're at opposite ends of the spectrum uh, Donald's a racist for liberty she's a tyrannical socialist um, there you go and, and they're fighting but they're using their clout on the apparatus the government built and they both have this incredible clout how do they get this how does a 75 year old man there's supposedly a guy out in the field building hotels. How does he know about Twitter and become so popular? How does Ocasio-Cortez, a bartender, all of a sudden get so popular on Twitter? Boom. Rock stars. Tremendous power and uh, influence ability. How does this happen? The answer is the deep state built it, and the deep state's letting their friendlies use it. That's how. And for anybody to tell you different, I challenge you. Okay, you, you email me, libertyroundtable at gmail.com, and we'll have a debate about this on the air. I'm telling you, Donald and Ted Cruz are playing us for suckers. Anyway, a, a tremendous shout-out to James Corbett and to Joel Skousen for doing a lot of the research. I had a lot of these details myself, but I had no ability to, to do all the work to put it together like they have. Tremendous work. Hour one on the can. Hour two coming up. Complete switch on topics, by the way. Well, we're going to talk about solutions and what we can do in America to make America stronger. How about that? Sam Bushman on your radio. Kurt will be back with us tomorrow. For Sam and Kurt and the crew at Liberty Roundtable Live, libertyroundtable.com. Donate today. We declare we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore our grand old republic. Please get involved. Make it a great day and choose the right, will you? We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic. God save the republic.